my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The seeds of doubt have already been planted across the political spectrum from people who believe that maybe on the left, they really buy into the belief that pharmaceutical companies release this virus to create a vaccine that will you know, provide them a huge profit. And on the right, you have people that maybe believe the government was involved in releasing this vaccine or the Chinese government. I think that the commonality between both of those is really still distrust or mistrust of some of these institutions. It used to be that our biggest political debates as a nation were over things like gun control, clean energy, and education reform. But the coronavirus pandemic has fueled new fights over things that aren't really political at all. Wearing masks, washing hands, listening to science. And in the background, largely on social media, a misinformation campaign spread widely, promoting ideas from COVID's not real to masks make you more susceptible to the virus. And lastly, it's a sophisticated conspiracy orchestrated by Big Pharma looking to profit. They're messages that actually resonate across the political spectrum. And now, as so many of us prepare for the holidays, hoping and wishing for a time when we can see our family safely, we're faced with good news about an effective vaccine. Oxford University just announced its vaccine is at least 70% effective, making it now the third promising candidate. Health officials now say the first Americans could get the vaccine within three weeks. But what happens when Americans don't want to be first in line? I'm Stephanie Rule, MSNBC anchor, NBC News senior correspondent, and this is Modern Rules, a podcast from NBC Think and iHeartRadio. On this episode of Modern Rules, we're looking at how two fringe groups came together to spread misinformation about a common gripe a COVID vaccine. 
and we're asking the question, is America too divided for a vaccine to fix it? Tara Smith is a professor of epidemiology at Kent State University and expert in public health and an NBC Think contributor. Tara, welcome. Thank you for having me on. I want you to start by just setting the stage for us. You've got politics in play here from those who want to say COVID isn't real. And then you've got fringe players who want to profit. When you look at anti-vaxxer movements, what is it about? Who are the other players here? So the players that really are on the front lines here are ones that have been involved in the anti-vaccine movement for years to even decades. So one that really rose to prominence is a former scientist named Judy Mikovits. And she was the one who is behind the Plandemic movie that went viral in the spring. Some other big ones are Andrew Wakefield, who was a disgraced British doctor who put forward the first paper suggesting that autism was caused by the MMR vaccine, which still leads people to fear vaccines to this day. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who is an environmental lawyer, did some good work on mercury in the environment, but then switched to vaccines and has gotten a big audience from that. And Del Bigtree, who is a former producer for the TV show, The Doctors, and then kind of went out on his own and really drives a lot of this misinformation as well. So those are the ones that I really kind of reserve my ire for. Those are the ones who originate a lot of this misinformation and spread it to you know their followers, of which there are millions on their social media channels. So if you have the anti-vaxxer community that for years have been looking for a big stage, who just gave them the stage? Was this pandemic a way for this message and this mission to catapult in a much, much bigger way? So I think audiences is for the most part, skeptical parents. Now all of a sudden you have a vaccine or a a vaccine in development for this pandemic virus that potentially could affect all of us. So we expect that the vaccine, when it's available, it will be, you know, marketed to adults and children. So it's not something that, you know, only parents have to worry about. It's something that everyone has to be concerned about. And I think there was an opening. And so some of the leaders of the movement took advantage of that. They knew that this was a new vaccine. They knew that that's an area where lots of people are going to have skepticism. So they really kind of amped up their messaging. And I think it has spread beyond their typical audience. The anti-vaccine movement already had the structure in place. You know, they have local anti-vaccine groups, national anti-vaccine groups. So those were already in place to spread some of this misinformation. And you already had people who already were skeptical, who already were hooked into these networks, mostly on social media. So they were able to, I think, effectively sell this. I want to get specific on this one because we talk broadly about the dangers of misinformation It's a general term and we use it a lot these days, but specifically walk us through how COVID deniers have used the anti-vaxxing community and their strategies to supercharge their effort. These ideas that coronavirus is really just about government control, that it's infringing on personal freedom and civil liberties, just as vaccine mandates are, that it can actually harm people instead of help them. All of these ideas that really have have similar ideas to the anti-vaccine movement, they have kind of taken them for their own, adjusted them for coronavirus and spread them out to their followers. So you have it on the right side of the political spectrum, mostly in people who kind of lean libertarian, 
who don't want the government involved in their daily decisions. And then you have people that lean a little bit more toward the left that have this kind of natural lifestyle, right? So, you know, avoid chemicals, avoid preservatives in food, avoid anything that is not organic. And so you have those individuals who are um, kind of positioned to see vaccines as unnatural and as something that is being injected into their child's body with perhaps ingredients that they don't understand or don't trust. Even though their reasons for being skeptical of these vaccines may be different, they come to the same ultimate conclusion, which is we're not ready for a vaccine. We don't trust it. We don't think it's necessary. So you have a COVID denying group who refuse to wear masks and refuse to quarantine. That's one group. Then you have an anti-vaccine group. That's another group. And then you have a third group that in all normal circumstances are pro-vaccine, but because they fear that the president is trying to push this thing through for politics, is that what's made this anti-vaccination movement so powerful? Yes, exactly. And I think there is a lot of overlap between kind of the general anti-vaxxers and the anti-maskers or COVID deniers. And I think the ones who are skeptical because this vaccine is coming out of a Trump administration are, are again kind of a separate group from those. I understand the reaction. You have to put your trust in someone. And if you're putting your trust in a government institution that you don't believe in, that you think has wronged you, understandably, you're not going to accept what they are saying. We'll be back after the break. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. 
Identity theft protection starts here. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billings, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O.com. So what's interesting is anti-vaxxers don't have a stereotype, right? Is that what makes it so hard to cut it off? What it takes to sway them, regardless of what side they're on, usually is some kind of a personal connection. Unless they have somebody in their family or a close friend or something like that who has had a really serious case and maybe even died from it, those are the types of things that unfortunately are, it, it takes to change minds, whether coming in from the mindset of either side. It really feeds some of these pre-existing biases that people have. I mean, I totally understand that people are distrustful of pharmaceutical companies. I totally understand that they're distrustful of the government. And so when you write articles against vaccination and you pull in some of those pre-existing biases, people believe those articles. People share those articles because they generate outrage to institutions that people already largely dislike. They use that outrage, they use that knowledge to get those articles to be pushed higher and higher. And the stories sell, the stories get circulated on social media, and that can be terrifying to parents. You know, you can't really counter some of those emotional stories with dry scientific evidence. The story is out there, the emotion is out there, and that's what people really latch on to. I often say on my show, the truth matters, but only if you see it, only if you hear it. How much of this misinformation stronghold can we blame social media for? If I wanted to write an article that said the vaccine they're working on is going to make men go bald, women are going to become infertile, and children are going to end up with two left feet, and I wanted to publish that on NBCNews.com tomorrow, that would not be an option for me. Legal and standards would give me my walking papers. However, if I wanted to write that article and buy the domain concernedamericanmoms.com. I could do that, plug it into all of these Facebook groups, and within hours or minutes, it could be out there in the universe. And by dinnertime, my mom is calling me on the phone, warning me against it. How much has social media played a role in this? And how much harder has it made it for you to do your job? Social media, in this case, is kind of a nightmare. I use it to try to, you know, talk to people directly to get my messages out there. I don't have millions of followers. So anything from kind of their side tends to spread faster and to percolate. So it spreads really quickly. And it's really hard once something is out there to pull it back, right? Pinterest has been one that for a long time has kind of cracked down on some of this. Facebook and Twitter less so. I know it's really a lot of whack-a-mole. 
that you take down the big groups, but then they just pop up again. So I, I don't know that, you know, just eliminating them from certain platforms is going to be the answer. I think that can help sometimes, but you really have to have people at those social media companies who are really invested in that and really understand what it means to eliminate them from those platforms without them just popping back up. But this is real life and this is really happening. How dangerous do you think it is? Right. You're not going to reach herd immunity levels if you don't get enough people to take it. And so I think that is what is so concerning here. You know, once you're into some of those anti-vaccine groups, especially on social media, it's really hard to get disentangled from those. My concern, of course, is that this is going to bring more people into their ideas without examining them closely, just kind of jumping on the bandwagon and becoming part of those groups. Public confidence in vaccines in general, in vaccination, is significantly higher than public confidence in a coronavirus vaccine. And that is absolutely attributable to politics, right? Usually where we would have the CDC to act as kind of an arbiter of truth, we know that the CDC has also been politicized. So I think it's understandable that there is just a lot of mistrust out there about the science, about vaccines, about everything that is going on during this pandemic. So given where we are in this moment in time, that you've got so much misinformation out there, you've got anti-vaxxers, other people who want to deny COVID, what's the real impact of this? Yeah, and I think we don't know that. I mean, I, I think we can see right now some of the COVID denial aspects are leading to increased spread. You know, people who are not distancing, who are not wearing masks, who are not listening to guidance about gatherings. You know, that's what we're seeing, at least in the Midwest. Most of our cases are coming from like small family gatherings, you know, weddings or reunions or just dinners with people that usually you don't see that are happening inside and unmasked, you know, extended period of time. And that's how people are getting this infection. I'm hoping that, you know, once we do have a COVID vaccine available, that people will see others using it. I mean, we anticipate that frontline workers would get it first and then other people who are at high risk, followed by kind of the general public. So I'm hoping that people will see in those groups that it is safe, that it is effective, that it is something that has been studied well by the pharmaceutical companies and they didn't release a bad product. So I'm hoping that could change the tide a little bit. In this podcast, we are trying to get straight to the point and leave you some time to think. Something Tara left me thinking is this. For months, everyone has talked about a return to normal, but increasingly, it looks like the only way we'll even start to get there is if enough people take an effective vaccine. That is why these fringe movements and misinformation campaigns are dangerous and why every single American should care how widespread they are. Misinformation can be fought, but what defense do we really have in place to protect against it? And if a vaccine can't bring us together, what will? I'm Stephanie Rule, and you're listening to Modern Rules, a podcast from NBC Think, MSNBC, and iHeartRadio. This podcast is hosted by me, Stephanie Rule. Mike Biet and Katrina Norvell are executive producers. Meredith Bennett-Smith is senior editor for NBC Think and our editorial lead. The podcast is engineered and edited by Josh Fisher. Additional production support provided by Charles Herman, Rachel Rosenbaum, and Lauren Wynn. And special thanks to Catherine Kim, our global head of digital news, right here at NBC News and MSNBC. 
For more thought-provoking analysis, visit nbcnews.com think. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.